Hi everyone, I'm Daniel. I'm Holly. And we are the hosts of Murd Up, a murder story podcast. It's just me reading murder stories to Daniel that he knows nothing about. Nothing at all. Like Jon Snow. So I'm just like, uh, what? And are you serious? And a whole lot more. It's one case per episode and it comes out every Monday. You do not have to be a true crime fan to enjoy. That's right. I'm not. Yes. But I, uh, I enjoy it. But if you are a true crime fan... That works too. There it is. Murder Up Mondays. MurderUpPodcast.com. See ya. Peace. Three of us making stupid podcasts. Why? We're not stupid. You're stupid. Well, I know yeah. I am. Did you tell everybody why you're late today? Why are you late today? No, oh, because my best friend, since I was like 13, he's having a baby. Mm. And they had their gender reveal party. Are you okay. the godfather? <laughs> not that I'm aware of, but I just got caught up hanging out with everyone and a bunch of people I knew and... Emmy and I made fast friends with his grandparents. Are you guys going to double date? Well, they w- <laughs> we're going to go to New Holm and we exchange numbers to hang out with did them they, while we're there. Did they invite you to OCB? Am I, are you sure I'm not muted? He sounds muted. Hello? There it is. Okay. You were never muted. Huh, this okay. is the same as you've been the whole time. All right. Maybe they mess with my headphones. No, I'd love to go. Oh, that's probably true. Yeah. Love to go to OCB, man. Uh, I think they all closed down, right? <laughs> I think there might still be a couple okay, hanging on for dear be, life. What would be the second best option? Golden Corral. Yep. Okay. Have you guys eaten there before? Yeah. Yes. It's awful. He, okay. So Jeff Jeff Foxworthy. He's full of shit. He's lying man. to us. Okay. He's full of shit. I don't like that. When I was there in Branson, Missouri, they had uh, <laughs> our waitress had uh, v- pendulous breasts. I'm not sure if she was sweating or lactating, but there were some kind of stains coming down in front of them. And uh, that was an exciting high school band trip. Is it weird when you said that, all I could think about is that fucking clock from Beauty and the Beast? What? Really? It's a pendulum breast, so okay. I don't know why. I... What's the clock's name? What's the clock's name? Pierre? No. Or is that the candle? It's the candle. The candle is Lumiere. <laughs> Lumiere. Come on, what's the what's the clock, buddy? Um, Clocky air. What do clocks have in them? Gears. Cogsworth. 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 Right. You think anybody ever named their kids that? I think I did. Okay. So your first born Cogsworth, second born Cogsworth. This is second born. We need like a Street Fighter character. Chun Li. Chun Li. What is no, a boy? Chun Li. What is a boy? Uh, DJ. Blanca. No, DJ. <laughs> <laughs> 
You just train them from birth to start fighting people in the street? Ah, uh, capoeira. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. It's going to be rad as hell. <laughs> uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Bumblebutt Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that uploads weekly. Who knows what it'll be about? Certainly not me. I am Adam. Sitting at our lonely little table today, mm. minus two important people. <laughs> One of them is a birthday today, Bianca oh. from Crime Brulee. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy oh, birthday, Happy Bianca. birthday, Bianca. Woo! Um, sitting at this table, sad about our two departed guests. Mm. Dearly mm. departed from this world. Mm. From this state, I mean. Wait, oh yeah, we have to just say they're both dead now, right? Yes. Is that lore? If you're not at the table, you are dead. All right. That's just enough. how it goes. R.I.P. you two. <laughs> Happy birthday, death day. <laughs> uh, Jordan Fox, how are you? Good. How hey. Are, how are you, Adam? I'm good. How was your week? It was very hot. <laughs> was it smoky out there? It was quite smoky. The air was thick. Did you have to work yesterday? Yes. Mm. Did you have to work on the 4th? I put in a half day. Ew. Wow, okay. Did you get paid extra? No. Ew. I didn't know you worked for a fucking communist country. Or communist company. Yeah, Rashid. No, we we had the option to just take the day off, and I was like, well, I'd like to have 80 hours on my check for, you know, going to Chicago. How did you resist not sitting at home drinking all day? How did you do that? Wanting to make money. Mm. Money. He is a capitalist. He's a greedy fuck. Because like I said, man, like in a week, we'll be in Chicago and that's Mm. not going to be cheap. So the masonry business is going well? Oh, yes. All right. Booming. People need work done. <laughs> you know People what? need a lot of work done. Rocks are, always, are economy proof. Remember that. True. Rocks are economy proof. People Remember are that. always going to need concrete and stonework. <laughs> Put money in rocks. Put it all in rocks. <laughs> fuck gold. Fuck silver. Fuck titanium. We need rocks. That's okay. right. Okay. Put it all in Fond du Lac Cabrian. <laughs> That's right. Maybe put a little in marble futures. Oh, yes. Uh, all right, Jordan. Thank you. Also sitting here, Cody, how are you? Sup, sluts? Or a episode one call. <laughs> oh, I, I, I had to do that. Anyway, no, I, I, I'm fantastic. Best week of my life. That's stupid. no. I'm just kidding. Uh, well, no. Are you gonna? Are you ready to spill the beans about why January was the worst month of your life? <laughs> Maybe I think we might have to wait till like next January. Jesus. That'll be my confession. <laughs> Jesus. I have to keep people, bringing it do up. Do people keep asking about yeah, it? Yeah, I've heard about it again. Twice. How about nobody asked me about it? Well, that's because you're <laughs> mysterious. They uh, thought maybe they thought maybe they could wrench it out of me, mm, but I don't know it either. I mean, there is one person who they could contact and probably find out what happened. <laughs> is it Josh? No, she <laughs> she was on the show one time and she replaced Jordan. Super fan, Amy. Yeah. Wow. If you got it. I know she's my girl. She's not gonna say anything, but you can try to pry it out. That's of her another if you want. piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Wow. Now we're involved. <laughs> now we're implicating super fan Amy with no heads up. That's fantastic. All right, we'll go on an adventure. Try and pry it out of whoever you can, and then let me know when you find out. That'd be great. I will. All right, everybody. Today I'm gonna do the story. How's that sound? Well, Sounds that great. means you lied. Did I? Yeah, you said, who knows what it'll be about. Certainly Certainly not me. (laughs) That's true. I did do that. See, this is what happens when you program a fucking catchphrase into your head. You don't even realize you're saying it. That's right. I don't even know I'm saying it anymore. (laughs) You've said it how many times? Uh, Over 66. Yes, yes. 67 today. 
Wow. We've, been, we've been here a long time. Unbelievable. We, we made sure it. are. Yeah. Looks like we made it <laughs> after all. All right. Um, you know what, guys? Let's dive right in, shall we? Get it. Do it. Will somebody do me the biggest favor of reading this first paragraph? I can do that. Another murderer, seemingly influenced by Japanese pornography and anime, was Tsutomu Miyazaki, a.k.a. The Little Girl Murderer. As a boy, Miyazaki was physically challenged and he thus developed into a loner who thrived on fantasy and comic books. Catherine Ramsland of TrueTV.com Well, I'm getting the impression already he doesn't sound like a nice fellow. No, already your your sense is <laughs> right on the nuts. I feel like he's killing very old men. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what sucks about uh, this guy, though? What? Anime? That's the problem, right? Anime, video games, they always get involved. What? They always get blamed. Okay, here's a serious question. Like, you probably know the most about Japanese serial killers. It seems like they always bring up anime. Is right. that just like hey, how in the US... Hey, think about mass shooter. Yeah. Yeah, as you say, in the US, they just like, oh, he was playing Call of Duty That's Black right. Ops 2. That's <laughs> Clearly, right. this is why he's killing people. That is correct. So you're you're right on the nuts okay. there. I yeah. feel like this guy was just mad that he couldn't find any of those big, juicy anime titties in real life. <laughs> I could see that. No body pillow did girls. He, oh, he, did he have a waifu? He had to, right? <laughs> yeah. They all have waifus. Every time I see anime and, like, murder, all I can think about is Aum Shinrikyo. Uh-huh. It's like plugged in my head. I sure. cannot get it out of there. That's a very famous one. Yeah. Between 1988 and 1989, Tsutomu Miyazaki mutilated and killed four girls ages four to seven. He then sexually molested their corpses and ate portions of his third and fourth victims. Ugh. Tsutomu Miyazaki's premature birth left him with deformed hands, which were rat-like, gnarled, and fused directly to his wrists meaning he would have to move his entire forearm in order to rotate his hand, and his wrists would not bend upwards. So he probably didn't play tennis. Not a great <laughs> tennis player, but weird you say that. Tennis comes up in this story. <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> strange. It's how about really strange. A, how about a wide receiver? Oh, boy. I don't know if he can I, get I it in I feel like that basket. wouldn't exactly impact it that much. I was going to say jerking off must be a bitch. <laughs> or it's feels like, awesome. Is, yeah. You gotta have sex with your elbow? Pretty like much. Like the crease in your elbow? Yeah. Okay. All right. Hey, you adapt, right? You're right. Life right. finds a way. Just Jerk like Bear, off finds a way. Like Bear Girl says, adapt. That's right. <laughs> what is he say? Adapt, improvise, adapt, overcome, Hell my yeah. friend. Thank you, That's Bear. not just Bear Girls, that's the SAS. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> he was mocked mercilessly every day of his early education, which forced him deeper and deeper into his manga obsession. Miyazaki was clearly a clever child, though. His inability to make real friends all but locked the door to his own isolated fantasy world. And because of this, he studied hard and became the first student from his junior high to pass the entrance exam to Maidai Nakano High School. What is that? Well, he would commute two hours each way every day for three years. Eventually, he began to lose interest in his studies and would often retreat to the corner to either read or draw manga. <laughs> okay, so this guy really likes manga. He's a big fan. Like He's, you know, you know when I was saying like you kind of hear like, oh, they might have liked manga. This guy loves manga. We'll see when they break into his house, but it's like 
he's got nothing but manga <laughs> and anime and torture videos, basically. Okay, well, that third one's not great. Yeah, it's not <laughs> good. Okay, does, well, neither are the first two. <laughs> does manga have to be black and white? No, there's colored there's manga. There's colored ones? Absolutely. Okay. All right. I've only seen the black and white ones, mm-hmm. so. I think those are the most prevalent. Mm-hmm. Easy to draw. Less expensive. Do you think he had hentai too, or are yes, they just saying yes, yes, that yes, it's yes, just yes, yes, okay? Yes, yes, all right, yes, yes, yes. All right. His plan was to enter Meiji University. Mayday Nakano is affiliated, of course. He was going to major in English and become a teacher. This crumbled in his final year when he received grades so poor that he failed to receive the customary invitation to the university. Ooh. Naturally, because he's a little shithead, he blames his handicap. I feel like his hands have nothing to do with his brain. Well, he's not getting the proper education. He's ostracized. He's picked on. He's treated poorly by the staff because mm. of his bad hands, which is probably all not true. I wonder if he's like developed like at that weird like manga like hero complex. I think he's you know kind of I'm fallen saying? into that little like fantasy he world. He's the hero of the world or whatever. Right. He settled instead for a life as a photo technician in junior college. Jordan, did you ever do that? I did career? not. Okay. You All never right. did? Get no. that on their resume. Yeah, I thought he was on there. <laughs> Get that on there. Chad, I need to quit. I have to be a photo technician. <laughs> <laughs> he graduated in the spring of 1983 and went to work at a printing plant owned by a buddy of his father. Tsutomo Miyazaki's father owned a newspaper called the Akikawa Shimun, which was a major local publication in the Itsukaichi area, which, as you all know, is Tokyo's most inland point. I did not know that. <laughs> Me neither. Knowledge is power. <laughs> I had to look it up. I had to see if it was... Well, if I ever go to Japan, I know where I'm going. Okay, yes. do you think working in a printing plant's terrible? I have no idea. I, I feel like know. there'd be a lot of fumes, and Yasu's you'd be real nauseous. He works in one? No, he did. He oh. scabbed in one for a little bit. I just feel like like you get that ink all over you. Like oh, it. sure. Ugh, I don't like that feeling. My grandpa used to do print shop in high school. You know what? He I, said that would happen. I used to love to take Silly Putty mm-hmm. and put it on the newspaper, mm-hmm. and then suddenly I used to think it's necromancy. I mean, basically, <laughs> you're a printmaster. How did you think it was necromancy? I'm making jokes here. Okay. That's all I'm doing, making all jokes. Right, well, make good up. ones. <laughs> it's just because you've never played with putty. That's true. I played with putty. You, never. You might have worked in a putty factory, yeah. but you've never played with putty. <laughs> That's right. You've manufactured. <laughs> you got putty. fired for having sex with the putty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do you know? There's a penis imprint in the putty. I think we got another one. We Bill. Gotta match it up with everyone in the factory. <laughs> Put your penis in there. We're gonna find the culprit who had sex with who his putty. Has a one and a half inch erection. Everybody, <laughs> shit, they're onto me. Everybody, take an egg off the line. Go into the bathroom and put your penis on the putty. The Miyazaki family had several important connections and political influence because of the newspaper, of course. Mm. In the mid-1980s, Miyazaki moved back into his parents' house near his father's print shop, sharing a room with his older sister. Hoping this would help rein in their rambunctious son a little bit, it had the opposite effect. His workaholic father was more interested in collecting the latest political video clips and researching the newest high-tech cameras coming to the market. Is this why you were singing that Milwaukee camera song yes. earlier? Okay, <laughs> all Mike right. Mike Ravello's yeah. world. 
Do they have the highest tech cameras on the market? I think so. Hell I yeah. think like Ravello's World <laughs> in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I think they have three locations across Milwaukee. That'd be amazing if like that's where Jeffrey Dahmer, like that's where he bought his cameras from. Like Cravello's World? Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> These two things in particular will echo in his son's crimes. Videos and cameras. Ooh. He bludgeons them with cameras? We'll find out. Better be Fuji. Who wants to be the bad guy? Who wants to be Miyazaki? I'll do it. Go. If I try to talk to my parents about my problems, they just brush me off. I even thought about suicide. Miyazaki told this to the police. No, that's not great. He was emotionally rejected by his two younger sisters who found him repulsive, and he felt he only received any support from his grandfather. Did his grandfather have weird wrists and hands? <laughs> He was a regular man that was respectable and sat on the city council at one I was point. Ki- I was kind of yeah. hoping like they had like a weird wrist, like high five dynasty, like oh, a yeah, high five. Yeah, yeah. You know how like some people have like secret high fives, certainly like, like daps they had and that. stuff. Yeah. yeah, that would be rad. <laughs> In May of 1988, his grandfather passed away. This served to deepen his depression and cut off his only means of emotional validation. In an attempt to retain something of his grandfather. Miyazaki ate part of his grandfather's ashes. Ooh, ick. Mm-hmm. Miyazaki avoided women of his own age. Experts believe this is because he was physically immature. One high school classmate had this unflattering thing to say. <laughs> his penis is no thicker than a pencil and no longer than a toothpick. Wow, that was racist. <laughs> no. That was racist. <laughs> Yet his sex drive was stronger than average, it seems. In college, he would take his video and photo cameras to the tennis courts to try and get upskirts of the female players. He also began to grow bored with adult porn magazines, having this to say. They black out the most important parts. <laughs> well, I mean, so far he only sounds like Andre Agassi. Yeah. So I'm scouting. Pretty, I'm pretty sure Andre Agassi did all of this while he was scouting the courts. Right. I mean, you got to see who the next top female players can <laughs> yes. be by looking at their upskirts. So, at least, I guess, they were blacking out nudity at this time instead of just, like, blurring it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I still don't understand that. Like, you can tell what's going on there. Yeah, it's, I, the, I just, it's the intent, right? Yeah, I guess. Whatever. So, by 1984, he turned to the old standard child porn, which shows everything, since obscenity laws at the time in Japan banned the showing of pubic hair and not sex organs. The death of his grandfather seems to have served two purposes. This is when he becomes physically violent and also when it seems like he's incapable of understanding boundaries or family at all. His youngest sister caught him peeking at her in the bath and began to yell. He ran into the bathroom and smashed her head into the side of the tub. Later, when his mother told him he needed to spend more time working and less time watching porn, Miyazaki exploded and beat her. Miyazaki's father, on the other hand, had long since given up talking to him. I felt all alone, and whenever I saw a little girl playing on her own, it was like seeing myself. I'm already getting uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. The first of those little girls to die from catching Miyazaki's gaze was Mari Kano. After her disappearance, police squad cars with loudspeakers patrolled the streets, warning parents to keep their children in sight at all times. Although it was on the books as a missing persons case, the police started the investigation as a murder right from the beginning. I mean, um, one thing that's a little different than the other cases, the police are actually, like, doing something. Seems Very like in true. a lot of these cases, like the one Jordan said last week, like, 
They just pretend like nothing happened. Sure. You know what I mean? They're very so, proactive this yes, time. Thank They're trying God. to get out in front of it. Around 3 p.m. on August 22nd, 1988. Never forget. Oh, God. <laughs> four-year-old Marie Kano left her home in the Aruma Village apartment complex in Saitama to play at her friend's house. At 6.23 p.m., after she failed to return, architect Shigeo Kano, struggling to remain calm, called the police to report his daughter missing. About the same time as Kano's phone call, in a dark forest 50 kilometers away, Mari was being slowly strangled to death. As Mari made her way to her friend's place that afternoon, a Nissan sedan had pulled up beside her, and a man climbed out asking, Wouldn't you like to go somewhere? It's cool? Mari nodded and skipped to the car. While Mari was distracted and having fun playing with the buttons on the radio, the car rolled down National Highway 16 towards Hachiyoji in western Tokyo. They pulled up to a dirt road outside Shintama Power Station, got out, and headed down a mountain path. Mari was tired. She was probably also frightened and began to sniffle. What if she begins to bowl? Miyazaki oh. thought to himself. The hiking trail was a popular one, and someone might hear the child yelling. He had no intention of returning her to her parents. Miyazaki pulled her off the trail about 50 meters and held his hands on her throat, squeezing the entirely too short life from her. When she went limp, he reverently undressed and raped her body. Then he positioned her body, bundled up her shorts, panties, shirt, shoes, and walked unnoticed out of the forest back to his car. I think that might be the roughest thing we've ever heard on this show before. Yeah. <laughs> you think that's uh, you think that's no good? Uh, no, that's I'm not definitely a fan. not good. Yeah. This guy uh, is a fucking asshole already. The, the police would spend a combined 2,930 man days interviewing people around Mari's home and send 50,000 posters with Mari's pictures to police, train, subway, and bus stations across the entire nation. Nothing came of this. Not even the police dogs could pick up the girl's scent. Jesus. There was only one other clue. Mari's mother received a postcard with a haunting message after she had expressed hope in a newspaper that her daughter was still alive. There are devils, it read. The police dismissed the note as the act of a crank. After four weeks, the increasingly fruitless hunt for Mari dwindled. In September, Sayama Hikari Gakuen Kindergarten began its new term without her. Six weeks after Mari's disappearance, Miyazaki struck again, driving through Hano, Saitama Prefecture. On the afternoon of October 3, 1988, he spotted Masami Yoshizawa, a seven-year-old first grader, walking along the roadside. He got her in the car, drove her to the hills above Komina Pass, the scene of the first murder, and strangled her to death. He then stripped her quickly before rigor mortis set in and sexually abused the corpse. When her body shuddered involuntarily, Miyazaki got scared and ran to his car. He left her remains less than 100 meters from Mari Kano. Ugh. God damn, Adam. <laughs> so, uh, this guy's doing this pretty rapidly so far, right? Yeah, so yeah. far he's... He's uh, got a lot of rage that he wants to take out. He's pretty pent up. <sighs> Man, what a fucking... His rat wrists aren't it, really having it. Like... No, neither is his toothpick dick. <laughs> Don't be racist. So... <laughs> <laughs> that was a comment from a fucking high school colleague. He said it was racist, so I'm... Assuming it's racist, and then you just made it even more racist. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so it's do we think it's kind of weird that like he's instantly going for little girls? Like in the psychology of like serial killers, I don't know. Maybe it maybe it's just me. I mean, he's maybe his tiny dick does have something to do with that. It seems like he's mad at women, right? 
Right. Well, I think it might have something to do with being shunned by, you know, his two younger sisters, because, yeah. I mean, from what I can gather, they were his only siblings, right? No, he's got an older sister that he lives with okay. as well in that two-bedroom condo. Um, I don't know if he, how old was he right around this time? He's, like, right out of high school, right? Yeah, he he's just really graduated um, junior college as well, so he's probably mm, 21, 22. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. I'm gonna fucking prick. Yeah, he's a he's a Looney Tune. <laughs> After she was reported missing, local search parties fanned out across the area. Soon, Masami's face stared down from hundreds of posters issued by the police, who once again spent more than two thousand three hundred man days interviewing local residents. Once again, no clues to the girl's whereabouts were found. One thing that did pique investigators' interest was both girls' homes were only thirteen kilometers apart. Unfortunately, both cases had neither leads nor bodies, so it was just considered another missing person. Hmm. I wonder how much, like, knowledge the police really had. I mean, it's probably hard to instantly jump to, like, we got a serial killer on our hands, but, like, I wonder how much... Like, around this time, obviously, America had profiling and all of that. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much, like, the Japanese government had well, so for far, combating the, uh, these people. Well, so far, the National Police Agency, which is, like, their version of the FBI, oh, they haven't it? even been called okay. in yet because oh, they think it's just two missing girls. Okay. There's no connection. Because it is hard to link two things together. Yeah. You know? That's a good point. That's a very good point. Killing Masami had apparently upset Miyazaki, but he would kill again before the end of 1988. The murder on December 12th would be anything normal for this piece of shit. First of all, Miyazaki would nearly be caught. And secondly, the body would be discovered soon after the act, which would set off a murder hunt that would force police to reopen the disappearance of Mari and Masami and confirm the worst fears of residents of Saitama. There was a serial child killer on Mm, the loose. There it is. Well, how were they given up already? It's been less than a year. Well, I mean, after four weeks yeah. of constant searching That's and blaring point. it on every news broadcast, like yeah. nothing's coming of anything. Do you know if this area is like, is it like a small town and then there's like forest around it? Well, it's a lot. It's in Tokyo. Oh, it's, it's Tokyo. In Tokyo. Most, so it's yes. like a suburb. of. It's a pre. Yes. Okay. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, of course, there's forests in Tokyo, too. Yeah. But. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. Erika Namba was returning from a friend's house when Miyazaki lured her into his sedan. She was crying by the time they pulled into a parking area at the Youth Nature House in Naguri. He told Erika to undress in the back seat, then began to photograph her, the strobe flashing in the dark. A car drove by, its headlights sweeping across Miyazaki's face. Erika began sobbing again, and Miyazaki grabbed her by the throat and straddled her, holding her kicking body down with his weight as he strangled her. By 7 p.m., his third victim was dead. Miyazaki wrapped the body in a sheet and put it in the trunk. Then he disposed of her clothes in the woods behind the parking area and drove off. Miyazaki's mind clearly wasn't on the road. As he turned a corner, one of his Nissan's front wheels slipped in the gutter. The car was stuck, so he turned on the hazard lights and disappeared into the dark woods with the sheet-wrapped body in his arms. He returned with the crumpled sheet to find two men standing by his car. Okay, like... If you got a body in the car, why are you turning on your hazard lights if your car breaks down? Well, he took the body out of the car. He didn't want anyone to hit it. He took it in the woods. Yeah. I, ge- I mean, I guess. Doesn't that going to just draw attention to you there? He needs to get out. Of- he needs to get the car out of the Yeah. Gutter. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. It just seems weird. He turns his head, <laughs> lights on. I don't know. Maybe I'm weird. Maybe I that's just know. Japanese culture, man. I guess. It's like I don't want to put I anybody gotta be, else in I gotta, danger. I, I know I'm a piece of shit who's killing little girls, mm-hmm. but I gotta put these fucking hazard lights on. I still on. have to further the society. <laughs> he froze, and then decided the best course of action would be to casually open the trunk and hide the sheet before accepting the stranger's help. He explained the problem to the men, who promptly helped him push his car out of the rut, and he immediately sped away without a word of thanks. Can you imagine being these people who accidentally helped a psychopath yeah. like this? It's rough. Can you imagine that? And Jesus. you go home like thinking you did a good thing. Yeah. Like I, I pushed that guy out of the gutter. I want to know why he, or what his explanation was for why he ran off into the woods. It was like, listen, I had to, I had to take a fear shit. Yeah. It caught me <laughs> <Yes>. off guard. <laughs> I Jordan, was so scared. Have you ever taken a fear shit, Jordan? Oh, yeah. Everyone's taken a fear shit. I don't shit. know if I've taken a fear shit. You've never like, been so what scared you, you needed you just, to shit? No. Wow. Maybe I need to get more scared in my life. I guess so. One time when I got uh, uh, treed by a dog at my buddy, like outside of my buddy's <laughs> house in a park. Treed? Well, you know, I got backed up against a tree. I had nowhere oh. else to go. Okay. Man, after that, I had to shit real bad. Are you scared <laughs> of dogs? Well, that ones that are like foamy and barking what at it. Was it a fucking Cujo coming after you or what? I don't know what it was. It was bad. I could see it being like a little Pomeranian. Yeah. This guy <laughs> flew against a tree. Yeah. It was oh, actually fucker. my little brother's cat. Oh. <laughs> and this was yesterday. You know what? I seen. I saw something that I. I it was almost unbelievable. In downtown St. Paul, like the dude. You know, I've seen people try to walk their cats. Yeah. This fucker was actually moving. Like, usually you try to walk a cat and it just sits there. Yeah. Yeah. This cat was, like, full-on marching down the street. It was going like yeah, it I'm wanted like, to be I'm there. I'm like, is this even a cat? Wow. Usually they just lay there and yeah. they're like, fuck you, I'm not going anywhere. You have to, like, drag them along. <laughs> yeah. Or they slip out of their fucking harness and get yeah, killed. Yeah, take off. <laughs> Run into the street and get ran over. Awful. Yeah. This time, the police immediately connected Eric Anamba's disappearance with that of Mari Kano and Masami Yoshizawa. And the Saitami Prefecture Office set up a special operations unit to solve the case now dubbed the Three Missing Persons Cases. Wow, way to be fucking original, guys. (laughs) (laughs) The next day, a worker at the Naguri Youth Nature House found some of Erica's clothes and hundreds of police began combing the area. So, do you know what a nature house is? I assume it's like Like the Dodge Nature Center. (laughs) Yeah. Did you ever go to the Dodge Nature Center? (laughs) No. Uh Uh-uh. You know, in Iowa, like, one, they have the, it's a nature center of some kind, but I can't remember what the real name is, but it's just, like, stuffed creatures just, like, everywhere. Yeah. Like, beavers yeah. and deer and everything. They have that at the goddamn state fair, too. <laughs> the DNR oh. building. When I was in, like, elementary school, we took a field trip to a place yeah. like that. Yeah, oh, I think yeah. everybody does in elementary school. I, I, like, they rent it out for, like, wedding uh, receptions sure. and stuff, so... I've definitely the Dodge Nature Center does that. Do they? Do they? Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Okay, if you boys get married, you got a honeymoon, the reception, what's better than a Nature's building center. with stuffed animals everywhere? That's, I couldn't agree Fuck more. Yeah, let's couldn't do it. Agree more. Can take a picture on the back <laughs> of a bear. Yeah. What if I want to get me and my wife on a bear? <laughs> What well, if I want we to know fuck Jordan's my new wife gonna, on a bear? I mean, we know Jordan's going to get married in a putty factory. So oh, yeah. Sex yes, of the putty. Definitely. <laughs> like, she's not getting a ring. She's getting an imprint of my dick on some putty. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, here you are. What the fuck? <laughs> Police found Erica's corpse the next day, its hands and feet bound with cord. 
The murder scene was 50 kilometers away from Erica's home, a journey of about an hour and 45 minutes. 500 riot police entered the woods to comb for more clues, but found nothing. Well, I mean, it's a step in the right direction that you find one of the bodies, then you can start kind of building off of that. So that's definitely a positive. Yeah. Definitely. The two men who had helped Miyazaki with his car on the night of the murder came forward to identify it. They recalled the correct prefecture on the plates, but misidentified the car. What the? How do you do that? I'll explain. Okay. Miyazaki's car was a Nissan Langley, a car sold only in Japan, and it looks kind of like a Corolla. Mm. And the men remembered seeing it as a Toyota Corolla 2, which is another car sold only in Japan, which looks mm. more like a Nissan Langley than a Toyota Corolla. Okay. Uh. In my in my mind, when you kept saying Nissan, I kept thinking of a Nissan Versa. Ah, I don't know why yeah. that kept sticking in my head. Did you watch Hero on NBC? No. Because they said Nissan Versa in that show like 800 times. Do you know who has a <laughs> Nissan Versa? Who? Fee. Jesus has yeah. a Nissan. He loves Shout manga too. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> I doubt he'll listen to us. No, but but ye might. He might. Yeah, tell ye tell Fee that we shouted him That's out. That's right. This mistake would deprive investigators of their strongest lead, but was only realized after the police had checked more than six thousand Corolla twos nationwide. They would lose valuable, valuable time. With the discovery of Erica's body, the disappearance of Mari and Masami pointed strongly towards a very serious type of crime. All the girls were from the Saitama Prefecture, all lived within 30 kilometers of each other, and this was now officially a serial murder case. Good. I, I just, I'm just like, this guy does not seem intelligent at all. Like, with the murders, he's just getting really lucky. Yeah. So, yeah, he's just, it's yeah. just, a, it's bizarre luck. And they yeah. say that, too, later on. It's like... Catching these guys is bizarre luck. I feel like even the... We haven't covered, like, that many serial killers, but, like, that random luck they're getting to, like, get away with this shit just happens way too often. Agreed. Police also found that families had something else in common. They had all been bothered by strange phone calls. The phone would ring, but when answered, the person on the other end would say nothing. If they didn't pick up, the phone would ring for up to 20 minutes. You know who I bet this is? Who? Scam Likely. Oh, my oh, old fuck pal. Fuck you, Scam, scam likely. likely. I've had enough of Scam <laughs> Likely. Also, less than a week after his daughter's murder, Shinichi Namba, like the Kanos, received a postcard. It was formed from kanji characters cut from magazines and newspapers, then photocopied and enlarged to conceal their origin. It read, Erica, cold, cough, throat, rest, death. What a fucking asshole. The hunt for Mari and Masami led nowhere once again. No clues were unearthed that shed any light on Erika's murder either. Day after day, the news would cover the cases. The community of Saitama Prefecture turned to alarm. Even the editorial staff at the newspaper added this to the end of a story. In the end, we must depend on the police, so we add our plea. Investigators, redouble your efforts. Miyazaki wouldn't kill again until the following summer, but he was still a busy boy. <laughs> At 6 a.m. on his way to work on February 6th, Shigeo Kano, Mari's father, found a box on his doorstep and called the police. Along with ashes, dirt, fragments of charred bones, and ten baby teeth, it also contained photos of a child's shorts, panties, and sandals, and a single sheet of copy paper with five words on it. Mari. Bones. Cremated. Investigate. Prove. Miyazaki had returned to the death site, as he often did, and removed the remains. 
Why is this fucking asshole like taunting the parents? I think like, that's like the scummiest yeah. shit you can do, dude. That's so fucked up. Yeah. He he says after he's arrested, like before he's sentenced, that he thought he was doing a benevolent thing by killing these kids. Okay. Yeah. I don't even see how that's possible. There's a whole thing too with with his appeals where he fucking. I think a fucking Apache helicopter flying over <laughs> fucking head right now. There's a whole thing with his appeals where he does get. Um, he does get proven to have schizophrenia, oh, but okay. they still say he was able to act rationally or think mm. rationally. So is this confirmed that the, this box or whatever was actually like remains of Mari? Let's find out, shall we? Okay, let's do a fire away. The ten small teeth found in the ashes were immediately turned over to the legal division of the Tokyo Dental University for examination, where Dr. Kazuo Suzuki... I love his motorcycles. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> what if he only rode Yamahas to work? God. He refuses to ride Suzuki's. You know, I wasn't even thinking about the manufacturer. I was thinking of Yu Suzuki, who made, like, Shenmue and shit. Mm, is this him? Nope. Is he a teeth doctor? He's not. What about Ichiro Suzuki? I could get behind that as well. I would love to work for the Tokyo Dental University. You'd be a fan of that? Funny. Yeah, it just for the, funny. Yeah. Uh, what if the university is just like a giant tooth? tooth. Oh, and then good. on the roof, they have like the tooth uh, fucking balloon too. Oh, that's... Fuck yeah. Now we're talking. <laughs> Dr. Kazuo Suzuki concluded the teeth most likely, most likely didn't belong to Marie. After a police press conference announced his findings, Dr. Suzuki found his examination to be mistaken. And he said the remains are definitely probably Marie's. Shouldn't a teeth specialist not <laughs> be like contradicting himself especially after they make a statement to the family <laughs> yes come on suzuki this obviously broke the kano family heart all over again after a police forensic expert gave his verdict on the bone fragments not only were they human they were marie kano's so i'm guessing they had like a dental impl or like a dental thing to match it to hers what do they call that? They're talking about bone fragments right oh, now. Oh, bones. No. The How dental... They, well, they there already, were teeth, too. Okay. Yeah, but that was earlier. Gotcha. Miyazaki sat down to write, and on February 11th, a three-page letter arrived at the Kano home. Enclosed was also a Polaroid photo of Mari. The letter was entitled, Crime Confession, and signed Yuko Amada, a pun on Now I'll Tell. The hell is that? Like, like in Japanese, apparently that's a pun to say now i'll tell like he's so, gonna tell so all. this is supposed to be funny what he just said yeah of course well, in his a, mind it is yeah okay. it's like all a big game for him yeah <sighs> he's a real like btk fucking prick didn't he yeah. taunt people too mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. fucking prick i put the cardboard box with Murray's remains in it in front of her home it began i did everything from the start of the Murray incident to the finish I saw the police press conference where they said the remains were not Murray's. On camera, her mother said she, the report gave her new hope that Murray might still be alive. I knew then that I had to write this confession, so Murray's mother would not continue to hope in vain. I say again, the remains are Murray's. Whoa, so wait, now he thinks he's doing them a favor by get, sending the remains proving that she's deceased. That's right, that's right. Okay. And in fact, oh, never mind. I don't want to spoil something. Okay. It's coming up. No, no, save Ooh. it. This confession caused an uproar. 
The next day, the Saitama police finally classified the Marie Kano case as homicide and set up a special center to investigate solely her abduction and murder. Handwriting experts examined the confession note, but could not establish even the author's sex. Over a half million police leaflets quoting the confession were delivered to houses in the areas where the girls lived. Do you think you can tell a gender by writing? Apparently you can. I think girls have softer writing. I well, they that. definitely are significantly better writers than men oh, are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thing. But, uh, yeah, that's a, good, that's a good question. I wonder if you can. The police also found one of the pictures, if you'll recall, that mm-hmm. Mr. Miyazaki had taken. Yep. And they identified it as being taken on a 6x7 camera, like the ones used by printers. Another clue that was possibly not followed up on correctly. They also correctly concluded that the box that the remains and teeth were sent in were double corrugated cardboard and looked exactly like the type of boxes that were used to send expensive telescopic camera lenses. Okay. Police refused to comment on whether or not they launched an investigation of printing shops in the area. Walls are coming in on this guy. Yeah, I mean, they're getting there. (laughs) This is like the end of Goodfellas at this point. The Kanos returned home from the funeral of their daughter to find another letter from Yuko Amada. This one, simply labeled Confession, chronicled the changes Miyazaki had observed in Mari's dead body. Before I knew it, the child's corpse had gone rigid. I wanted to cross her hands over her breast, but they wouldn't budge. Pretty soon, the body gets red spots all over it. Big red spots, like the Japanese flag. After a while, the body is covered with stretch marks. It was so rigid before, but now it feels like it's full of water, and it smells. How it smells. Like nothing you've ever smelled in this whole wide world. <sighs> that makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That uh, makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> it's not great. Do you, okay, do you get... Do cadavers get stretch marks? I have no idea. I've never seen one. Mm-hmm. I've never had to deal with a decomposing. I mean, I feel like it would be like animals and they bloat, so. Yeah, they well, bloat and then they dehydrate. You shrivel, right? Like yeah. a prune? We well, bloat know. first, though. Blow first, okay. Yeah. Mom already bloated some halfway there. By the summer of 89, Miyazaki was growing restless. He skipped more and more hours of work to sit cross legged in his room, editing his precious videotapes. On the night of June 11th, he saw girls playing near the Akashima Elementary School and coaxed one of them to take her panties <sighs> off. As he began to photograph her, some neighbors spotted him and chased him off. Despite this close call, Miyazaki butchered his fourth victim five days later. On June 6th, he left his bungalow for the tennis courts at Ariake, near Tokyo Bay. But the courts were closed. In the nearby children's park, he found five-year-old Ayaka Namoto playing alone. He walked towards the girl, casually unscrewing a lens cap for his camera. Miyazaki asked her to pose for pictures. He took several shots before asking her to pose more in his car. Miyazaki drove about 800 meters away as Ayako bounced around in the back seat. As he handed her a stick of gum, the young girl commented on his deformed hands. Enraged, Miyazaki put on a pair of rubber gloves. Here's what happens to kids who say things like that, he growled, seizing her by the throat. She kicked and kicked. But went limp four or five minutes later. (sighs) To make sure she was dead, he taped her mouth and tied her hands with rope, then wrapped the body in a sheet to put in the trunk of the car. This time, he took the body home, stopping first at a video shop in Koenji to rent a camera. The house was dark when he parked next to his two-bedroom bungalow. 
He waited for two hours, then carried the tiny corpse inside, where he stripped off the clothes and wiped it down with a towel. He laid it on the low table, spread the legs, and taped open the vagina. He then took photographs and videos while masturbating. Afterwards, he bound up the hands and feet with cord and covered the body with three sheets. I don't like this, Adam. No. (laughs) That made me very uncomfortable. (laughs) Yes. Two days later, the odor of the decomposing corpse became unbearable. Although he was right in believing that police were nowhere near identifying him as the little girl murderer, Miyazaki knew he had to dispose of the body. With a knife and a saw, he hacked off the cadaver's head, hands, and feet to hamper the ID process. Then he hid the torso near the public toilet at Hano's Miyazawa Co. Cemetery at midnight, four days after the murder. He roasted Ayako's hands in his backyard and ate some of the flesh and tossed what remained, including the skull, into the woods of Mitakayama, a 260-meter hill in front of his house. So this is technically the first time he cannibalized somebody? He admits to it in the last one as well, in number three, but they don't, he he doesn't have any accounts of it like this. He won't talk about it? Exactly. Mm. Realizing the risk of having open remains so near his home, he retrieved and hid them two weeks later in a bag in the storeroom behind his bedroom. Later, he scattered the bones in the woods, then burned the hair, clothes, and the bloodstained plastic bags and sheets. Five days later, after police had distributed 10,000 handbills with Ayako's description and picture, the little girl's mutilated torso was discovered at the cemetery. Despite Miyazaki's butchery, the remains were quickly identified. Mm. The blood type and chest size matched those of Ayoko Namoto, reported missing by her mother at 8.40 p.m. on June 6th. The stomach contents also matched Ayako's last meal. Do they really do that? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so if they cut me open, they'll be like, you had some potato salad and cottage cheese today. Is that what you had today? Uh, That's what I had today. Well, then yes. And it has some (laughs) yogurt, too. Yeah, and a a Modelo and a half. And a couple Modellos. And some vape juice. Do you think it gets in your stomach? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) In the end, though, it was a citizen and father that kept Miyazaki to only four murders. On Sunday, July 23rd, 1989... (laughs) Two sisters were playing at a public park in Hachioji when a young man stopped his car and got out. You stay here, he told the sister, nine-year-old. Oops. He told the older nine-year-old sister, taking the younger child toward a nearby river. But the older sister ran home for their father, who sprinted back to find his daughter naked, with a young man focusing a camera between her legs. I hope the dad fucking kills him. The father grabbed Miyazaki off his daughter and knocked him to the ground. Oh, yeah. Miyazaki twisted away and ran to the swampy edge of the river to escape. Then, incredibly, he got back to his car where the police, who had already been called, apprehended Tsutomu Miyazaki on the charge of forcing a minor to commit indecent acts. I almost thought you were going to say he ran into the sewer and then he became the mayor of Gotham City. As a right. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> he had a little umbrella with a helicopter and he just flew up. <laughs> Fuck. Right off the bat, the police were absolutely certain they had found their serial killer. The news media were so convinced that Miyazaki was the killer that they beat the police to Miyazaki's home, where they filmed Sutomu's room. Okay, they definitely like America here. Definitely. (laughs) 17 days later, Miyazaki confessed to murdering Ayaka Namoto, whose skull was found the next day in the hills of Okutama. The other confessions followed swiftly. 
First, the murder of Eric Namba, then Mari Kano, of whom video clips were found among the 6,000 tapes in Miyazaki's room. 6,000? That's right. Mostly slasher fix, snuff films, like stuff like that. Okay. Jesus. Jesus. By mid-September, after a preliminary psychological test concluded that Miyazaki showed no immediately apparent disorders, he confessed to the fourth of the little girl murders. On September 6th, Masami Yoshizawa's remains were found in the forest near Komina Pass, his dumping grounds. The half-chewed bones of Murikano's hands and feet were discovered nearby a week later. Okay, that was probably animals, though, right? Not him? The hand. I mean, he ate... The, uh, probably, I mean... Yeah, I'm gonna assume it... Okay, it doesn't really matter, but I'm pretty sure that'd probably be animals. She's been out there for a long time. Miyazaki's father refused to hire a lawyer for his son. It wouldn't be fair to the victims. The public defender's office looked long and hard before finding two lawyers who were even willing to take the case. One of them agreed to take it only because he was so opposed to the death penalty. The defense team's case revolves around the claim that Miyazaki was unable to choose between right and wrong. A six-person scientific council was sent to examine Miyazaki. Their report stated, Miyazaki was fully capable of taking responsibility for his actions. Thank you, Bernie Sanders. (laughs) (laughs) In the end, Miyazaki was deemed mentally competent enough to take full responsibility for his crimes. The Tokyo court judged him aware of the magnitude and consequences of his crimes, and therefore accountable. He was sentenced to death on April 14, 1997. His death sentence was upheld by both the Tokyo High Court on June 28, 2001, and the Supreme Court of Justice on January 17, 2006. Minister of Justice Kunio Hatoyama signed his death warrant, and Miyazaki was hanged on June 17, 2008. Good. I mean, they killed him pretty quick, actually, compared to America, but... There was a lot of controversy over that, when the Minister of Justice was like, today's the day, ba-doom, ba-doom, let's get him in well, there. I thought that's after... how they do that. It is, but not two <laughs> years after the Supreme Court upheld okay. It's usually a lot longer. Uh, he was... faced a lot of criticism for it. Listen, the, the Om Shinrikyo guy was in jail for like 20 plus years, right? Yeah, forever. And then they're just like, oh, I feel like hanging someone today. I'm like, all right, let's go. And the last guy I did from Japan was in jail forever, too. Was he? Yeah. So they killed this guy. Pretty, I mean, this guy is fucked. This they guy said, was really fucked. When they asked the minister about it later, he said it was a long trial and it was a brutal set of circumstances. Yeah. We wanted to get this resolved. Can, yeah. you, can you imagine how awful it'd be to have to sit in the courtroom and hear all of this? No good. Dude. We've only been here like an hour and I feel uncomfortable yeah, already. I'm tired and sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't like to dwell in these devil's playgrounds No, 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 no. I, I think you've taken the cake for probably the most disgusting person ever. Yeah. What do you think, Adam? I don't know. I thought it was gruesome. I wasn't sure how gruesome until I read it out loud. <laughs> really. Remember? <laughs> did, have we ever admitted on here that, like, when we did Adolfo, you were like, I think I want to quit this podcast because yeah. it's too gross. <laughs> like, we've gone too far. I guess that was pretty fucked. That was gross. Yeah. I still think that's it. gross. Yeah. But this one's pretty, it's pretty bad. Good. Yeah, this guy is uh, fucking, he's fucked up. But, uh, so is it, you mentioned earlier, is it confirmed that he's a schizophrenic or was that just like an yeah. excuse by the defense to try to get out of it? It was confirmed. They, 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 the NPA 
sent psychologists and confirmed it. But they also confirmed that he was in control of his actions. Yeah, okay. Okay. All right, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess just because you're schizophrenic doesn't mean necessarily that you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, that you can't distinguish right and wrong. No. And you can't... You know right and wrong when you're literally mailing people shit, yeah. haunting them. You know what you're doing. Yep, absolutely. It's pretty fucking obvious, so. You were in control of your faculties that whole time. Absolutely. No good. No. Well, I I think you killed it, Adam. Awesome. I, I think the sick folks oh, yeah. who listen to us will definitely enjoy that. Good. So. I hope so. And I, I don't think a lot of people have talked about this guy. I didn't think, I didn't see too much either, but... Uh, His picture looks like kind of familiar, but I didn't really know the full scope of what he what he had done. I do hate to say that this, mm. but sometimes Japanese people look similar. Like, they have similar hair <laughs> and similar faces. That's like the uh, Bill Burr joke about getting <laughs> robbed in Japan, or pickpocketed. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, he went that way. He's 5'5", five five, dresses like he's in fucking Goodfellas, <laughs> black hair. It's unfortunate. You know, you know, so a little preview for next week. I was getting all my research done today, and there's one word in the book I was reading, and I asked for a second opinion. And they told me, if you have to ask if this is racist, I think it's racist. Yeah. So... So, yeah, it's, I'm not going to repeat it on the air. I'm still debating because it's her quote. Listen, I'll say it if, if nobody else wants to. <laughs> okay. I'll say it. Save it for next week because All I right. haven't changed it in the notes yet. So, Deal. we'll save it for I can't wait. <laughs> All right. If you can't wait for next week's episode, how about you let us know in an email? You can do so at bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. What's that, Adam? Bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. We also got an email. Yeah. I'm going to read, read that right yeah. out here right yeah. now. Yeah. Hell yeah. This is from our new good friend, Rena. Hey, Bumblebutts. First of all, where the f- beep have you been all my life? I love true crime and weird shit, and I've listened to many podcasts. Bumblebutt is now at the very top of my list. I hate that I just now found out about you guys, but hey, better late than never. I just listened to the Sex with Aliens episode, and I just about died. Up to this point, it is by far the funniest of all the episodes. I had to keep pausing it because I couldn't stop laughing. Thank you guys for getting me through my workday. Listening to your morbid sense of humor, constant shit-talking, Adam's laugh, and Cody's inability to get the right words out is a million times better than listening to the religious talk and Christian music of my asshole co-workers. I love you guys. Hey, thank you. We I'm, love you, too. Yep. I'm. This is my thing. I'm glad my stupidity can bring you joy. Yep. You know what? That's it's what I do for the world. It's the best. It's what I do it for the, the world. It is the best to know somebody else's getting along better because of us that's yes. amazing that is an awesome email i remember because you weren't you hadn't seen it initially and i was like adam do you need an uplifting mm-hmm. email read this <laughs> check the email and you're just like damn i feel great that's great that is a great fucking email as always you can follow us on twitter at bumblebutt pod and facebook and instagram at bumblebutt podcast we all have personal instagrams mine is at bumble adam jordan's is at j.j.fox cody is at cody Zebub, Z E B U B after his name. Mm-hmm. Easy. Uh, now it's time for the most important part of the show, at least if you ask Cody, the iTunes reviews. Hell yeah, we we're still on a roll. I uh, I believe we got two or three more. I couldn't remember what we left off with last week, but um, one or two of them is non-written. Well, we have one written. Let's from, go with the written. 
It's from Death by Champagne Approved oh. by Mac Tape. Um, yeah, I listen to their podcast actually every week. So it's awesome. every other week. I'm sorry, yes, they do it's every a bi- other week. Bi- yeah. month, bi week, bi weekly, bi weekly. I That's believe correct. it's called. The guys of Bumblebutt tell a great story, keep us laughing, and we feel we know them personally. Awesome variety of topics. Follow them on Instagram for the live content you deserve. Um, yeah, so we should probably talk about this too. I believe they're going to be at uh, the True Crime Convention next week. Yeah. Oh. Do you know the date for that? Uh, the July. 12th. July 12th. Is it the 12th? Or I thought it was the 13th. 13th. Okay, maybe it's the 13th. What's today? It's the 13th. July 13th. 13th in Chicago. Right. I just keep thinking we're leaving on the 12th. Right. Yeah. So. Cody's going to be there. Yeah. Representing I will be podcast. the solo representative. That's right. Maybe I'll have like two pictures of you guys on my shoulders. Yeah. Yeah, just sure. I mean, I'll, I'll be in the city. If you look, if you want to find Jordan, he'll be smoking outside probably. I'll be so near we'll my get, cell phone. Make Cody call me. Yeah, and you can we'll, talk to me if you we'll want. Skype Hell you yeah. In. We'll Skype you in. Hell yeah. I don't give a shit. But, also, Cody's gonna have some stickers. Yep, when we're he's gonna there, have stickers. So find out. Big find stickers. Them. We got big stickers. Big this old time. stickers. Five by fives. So. So you can slap it on whatever the fuck you want, mm-hmm. and uh, think of us fondly while you do it. Go slap it on your, the local uh, police station. Go That's what I slap do. it on. My shorts and call me <laughs> Sally. Slap it on your significant other's butt. Yeah, man. And that's going to do it for all of us here at Bumblebutt Podcast. And that's going to do it for Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Adam. And that's also been Cody. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Adam. I have been Adam. And everybody have a nice weekend, unless it's Tuesday. Bumblebutt, 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 bumblebutt. <laughs>